What beautiful singing we have this morning. Very good. Yes, praise him, praise him. That's what it's about, isn't it? And isn't he worthy of being praised? He is the greatest God. He is the only God. He's the God of love, of care, of compassion. We can cast all our cares, all our worries upon him. We can trust in him with our entire lives and know that we're safe in the arms of Jesus. That's what the Bible tells us. We're safe with God. We trust in the Lord. He will never let us down and he is always with us. Yes, praising God is an incredibly important part of our service to him. Singing in worship, what a wonderful privilege it is to do this. And there are several things that members of the Lord's Church have always considered important in our worship unto God. We believe in the importance of Bible study, of preaching, of prayer, of taking the Lord's Supper, and in the giving of our means on the Lord's Day. But for today... I want to pay particular attention to the singing we are to offer unto God as we worship and praise him with all of our hearts. Not only on the first day of the week, but in in all other times as well. You see, our study today is about singing and worship, about praising our most wonderful Lord, the prophet and priest and king, of praising the thrice holy God of the fourfold gospel, the God revealed in the word of God. An important part of our assemblies is the act of singing praises to him. We spend nearly a third of our time during the worship engaged in this activity, not only because we believe we are told to do so, but also because it has the potential to reap great spiritual benefits. Singing is a significant part of our service to God. And we read about those in the Old Testament times who delighted in singing hymns of praise to God. In Psalm number 100 and verse 2, we're told, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. In Psalm 63, verses 6 and verse 5, we find, Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus I will bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. And this lifting up of hands, of course, is referring to our attitude and our deep reverence for him as we engage in the activity of praising him with our lips. The psalmist says, My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. You see, singing is an important part of our worship. Over in the book of Judges, chapter 5, we have Deborah and Barak singing a song celebrating Israel's victory over the Canaanites. In Exodus chapter 15, Moses sang a song of victory celebrating Israel's deliverance from Egypt. Moving to the New Testament, in Matthew chapter 26, we read of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and his disciples that after they sang a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. We're taught over in James chapter 5 and verse 13 to respond to the goodness of God in a similar way where it says, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. And so I've often wondered, in view of the the fact that the Bible tells us of the importance of our singing and, and in the expression of our worship, as we engage in this act of singing, I've often wondered why some people don't seem to enjoy this element. They don't seem to enjoy this element of our worship. If they do sing, they sing with virtually no emotion. And some even take it a step further 
and simply do not sing at all. I've known those who've complained because so much time is taken up with singing. And I've even heard of a congregation that actually divided because the song leader chose to sing a song before the closing prayer. Some people, when they hear that a worship service is going to be dedicated to the singing of songs, simply decide not to attend. I've even attended one where a lady came in and she said, oh, we're just doing singing tonight. Oh, I'm going home. She just left. What kind of respect is that to God? We should gather together to sing songs. Songs of praise to him. There are many who therefore refuse to assemble with the saints when they they just hear, oh, it's a singing service. It's not that important. It is important. On the other hand, there are some folks who will drive great distances in order to just attend a service that is going to be dedicated to singing songs of praise to God. And so we have both ends of the spectrum here. When it comes to this part of worship, we have some Christians who do not want to participate at all, and some who will go to great lengths to be involved in it. And so we ask the question, why do these two polar opposites exist in a people who are supposed to be offering praise and worship in joy unto the Lord? And to do it in the same manner and in the same way and with the same attitude. Why do some people love to sing while others half-heartedly sing or just don't sing at all? Is it possible because there's a failure to appreciate the true purpose of singing? Or to realize how we can benefit from singing and how important singing is to God? Now I have trouble understanding this. In view of what God's word says in regard to the purpose and reason of singing. And that is offering praise unto the Lord our God. And some might sing, well I don't sing like Sarah Brightman. Or I don't sing like Michael Crawford. Or I don't have this wonderful singing voice. God isn't concerned about that. Brethren, one of the most beautiful songs of praise I ever heard sung. Was a man who was, he was singing on a stage. He didn't know that he was being recorded. They called him the Tramp, which is highly ironic because his name was Norman Wisdom and he would later he'd get a knighthood. But he sang, Jesus' blood never failed me. He didn't know anyone else was there. He was singing it to God and I tell you the truth, it would move you to tears. It was that beautiful. And he was by no means an opera singer. You see, God isn't looking at how beautifully you sing it. You're singing the song of praise to him. It's from your heart. It's from your soul. And that is what makes it beautiful. The most common concept we think of as to the purpose of our singing, and and as even the idea behind the word hymn, comes from a Greek word meaning a song of praise. So when we sing a hymn, we are singing a song of praise to the Lord. And praising him should be a natural thing to those who love him. David reacted this way to the blessings of God when he wrote Psalm 28. And in verses 6 and 7 he said, Blessed be the Lord, because he hath heard the voice of my supplications. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song I will praise him. 
Isn't that beautiful? You can, you can hear the crescendo rising and rising. I will praise him. We read in the New Testament when Paul and Silas were in the Philippian jail because of their faith. According to Acts 16.25, they prayed and sang praises unto God. Their reaction to the persecution they had suffered was to pray and to sing. During the Second World War, and some of you may have heard of this incident, some Allied soldiers were told to build a bridge, the bridge on the River Kwai. What you may not have heard is that just before the end of the war, when the prisoners of war heard that the Allies were coming to liberate them, they started singing songs of praise to God. They were singing, the Lord is my shepherd, and they were singing with joy in their hearts, and the Japanese that were holding them prisoner heard it, and they ran. They ran. They heard them singing songs of such joy. They were sure they were about to get massacred. So when the prisoners came out the next day waiting for the, for the Allied troops to rescue them, they found the Japanese were gone. They'd run away. It wasn't bombs or bullets that had defeated them, but it was songs of praise to God. So I tell you, they are powerful things. I think of a young girl. She had lost her mother and her father in an accident. She was in the hospital waiting for a relative to come and pick her up. And when they found her, she was rocking back and forth and she was singing, Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Brethren, what wisdom is there in those words? Isn't that what it's all about? Jesus loves us, this we know, for the Bible tells us so. That's a sermon of joy, if ever there was one. At a time of sorrow. Now, singing is one of the spiritual sacrifices that we offer unto God as well. Over in Hebrews 13, verse 5, the writer tells us, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks in his name. As spiritual priests, we offer up spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God. Over in 1 Peter 2 and verse 5, we're told, Ye also as lively or living stones are built up a spiritual house, an holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. And brethren, this is why we need to take care with the words that we sing when we sing our hymns. Let us make sure that they are in accordance with the teachings of the Holy Bible. It is of the utmost importance but if we're not careful of our attitude as we participate in the this important aspect of our worship we could be found guilty of offering defiled service unto God as was the case of those in Malachi's day in Malachi chapter 1 verses 7 to verse 13 we read that God had asked them should I accept this should I accept what you are offering to me that which is defiled, that which is lame, that which is blind. You have profaned my name, polluted my table, and you say, what a weariness it is. You see, it is an honor to praise the Lord. It is not a burden to sing songs of praise to God. It is an honor and a joy and should be grasped. He who is most worthy of honor and most worthy of praise is worthy of our time of our best efforts and of our love. Could it be that we see the act of worship and the opportunity to sing praises unto the Lord as a weariness, 
and offer that which is defiled because of our attitude and where our heart is when we engage in this activity. Isn't God worthy of our best praise? If ever anyone was, it's him, the God of the Bible. Why should we engage in this activity half-heartedly? Why should we take part with little or no emotion, with no enthusiasm, in a weak or timid manner, as we sing words of praise unto our Heavenly Father, who is surely worthy of all that we can give? Singing is also an important aspect of our worship because we're doing it in praise of our God. We're not doing it to entertain each other or entertain those outside the building. We're doing it as an act of praise and reverence to God. Entertainment has nothing to do with it. We're here to please our God. So it should be done with all of our heart and with all of our soul. You know, the biblical heart is your mind, your intellect. So all of your mind, all of your soul, with all of it, all of our great strength, not half-heartedly, but with every inch and fibre of our being, from the top of your head to your big toe, with everything. You see, when we sing, we praise him. It's not a time to think of other things. In the worship service, when we sing, we sing songs to praise Him, not to please those sitting beside us. And if we sing their ear off, well, we can apologize later. Amen. I've done it. I don't mind. God didn't complain. So, <laughs> you see, it's, it's not just, it's not a time to wonder what people will think of our voice. Not at all. We're singing to the Lord, and it should not be done in a defiled way. It should be offering our best to him because he has given us the best of heaven. And he deserves our best in every aspect and every area of our lives and worship. We should also recognize another purpose of singing, and that is to teach and admonish one another. Our singing isn't just directed toward God. Certainly, many of the songs we sing are directed toward him, but others we sing are actually directed toward each other, which is pleasing to him when we learn from each other. We learn from the Bible. We learn from these songs. Like that little girl. She learned from that beautiful song. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16, we read, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Some songs are meant or designed to teach and admonish us to, to live properly, to be good Christians, to be faithful to him, and to enjoy the privileges of being a Christian. Remember, brethren, a, a saint is just a sinner who is trying and who is keeping trying. We're trying to walk that righteous road that Christ has set before us. And we are mere human beings. We are imperfect, but praise God, he is perfect. Praise God that in the darkness he has shone a light of love, of wisdom and knowledge, a path that is worthy to follow. And we must follow it with all of our hearts. Truly, he is the Lord. So how could we not sing songs of praise that we're marching to Zion, we're marching after Christ. Our brethren deserve the best encouragement we can offer one another. And so we sing not only praise to the Lord and teach and admonish, but we sing to be filled and enriched and encouraged ourselves. 
Singing can also be the means of being filled with the Spirit. Paul charged in Ephesians to be filled with the Spirit. In verses 18 and 19 in the 5th chapter, he says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is access, but be filled with the Spirit. And when he, then he explained how this is to occur, and that it is by singing and making melody in our hearts unto the Lord. Over in 1 Corinthians fourteen fifteen, we read, I will pray with the Spirit. And I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit. And I will sing with the understanding also. He's saying that our hearts and our minds must work together as we sing praises unto God in accordance with what is taught in the Holy Bible. Singing is also a means of being enriched by the words of Christ. Paul charged the Colossians over in six over in verse. Chapter 3, verse 16, again he said, To let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. And then he explains how it occurs. By teaching and admonishing. This is how the word of Christ dwells within us. By singing, by teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and, hymns and spiritual songs. Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Singing is essential for a spirit-filled life which is enriched by the word of Almighty God. And how are we filled with the Spirit? Do we wait for a special feeling to come upon us that makes us want to dance or fall around a place? No. We're filled with the Spirit when we're filled with the Word of God and it richly dwells our lives. The Word of God is the key for this is the language of the Holy Spirit. This is the language of Almighty God. And this is the language that will never fail you that will never forsake you, that will always comfort you and guide you in its ways. So yes, we should sing its words. I think the finest songs which we sing in our songbooks are songs made up purely of Scripture. It's also a great way of remembering the verses. But you sing them and it becomes a part of you. And isn't that wonderful? So what can we do to improve this aspect of our worship to God, to be pleasing to him, knowing the purpose of it and the importance of our singing? I believe one of the ways is to engage our minds when we sing. Far too many don't even think when they're singing songs. Sometimes I think we might treat it like riding a bike and that it's almost second nature. Well, this can be dangerous. Sometimes we can have a favorite song that is actually singing false doctrine. And we don't even realize it until it's pointed out. And then we go, oh, I've been singing this song for years. Not realizing that's contrary to what the Bible teaches. And we can do it really without thinking. We know the words. We know the melody. And so we just do it without thinking about it. But let us think about the lyrics to these songs. Let us think about the words. Are they edifying one to another? Are they truly praising God? Are they talking about God's love? Is it a hymn of praise to him that's encouraging the church to grow? Not just physically, but spiritually. Growing in our knowledge of God's word. Growing in our means of being of one mind, of like-mindedness, of being Christ-mindedness. And so one of the ways to improve our singing is to engage our minds. You remember that one of the purposes of singing is to teach and admonish one another in offering praise unto the Lord. And this assumes that we understand what we're singing. 
That's what Paul meant in 1 Corinthians 15, 15, that we mentioned just a moment ago, where he said we are singing with spirit and with the understanding. The words are for our encouragement. They are for our learning. They're for our praise to God. And if we don't understand what we're singing, if our minds are off somewhere else, if we're not paying attention to the meaning of the words, then what are we actually achieving? What are we accomplishing? Are we furthering the cause of the gospel and true doctrine as revealed in the Bible? Or are we furthering a man-made denominational teaching? I remember finding a book, and it was actually a book which was used in the Lord's Church. And it's, a, it's an old one. It's, I believe the cover was beige, so it's a good while ago. And we started singing the song, and I stopped in the middle because I thought, I'm not singing a song of praise to an angel. Where are we told to sing songs of praises to angels? Not in the word of God. That certainly didn't come from the Bible, I can guarantee you. We can also improve our singing by not only engaging our minds, but also engaging our hearts. When we sing, we must do so, as Paul said in Colossians 3.16, with grace in our hearts to the Lord. Or as we find over in Ephesians 5.19, making melody in our hearts. Here's the melody maker. Here's the harp right here in your heart. Your heart, the harp-shaped instrument right here. And this assumes that, we're, that what's involved is the engaging of our heart. It's tugging at our heartstrings. It means that we involve our emotion. We sing. To, see, to sing without emotion, without grace in our hearts, is hypocritical. And this was condemned by Jesus in Matthew 15, verses 7 and 8, when he said, Ye hypocrites, the people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoureth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Let us never, let that never be said about us, that our heart is far from the Lord. We have to put our hearts into our singing. And if our hearts aren't in it, we are offering that which is defiled to the Lord. And if it is defiled, then it is unacceptable to God and should be unacceptable to those of us who love him. So considering the various aspects involved in worship, when it comes to the Lord's Supper, we are to partake of it in a manner that is worthy. We are to examine ourselves, remembering the Lord's death and partaking of it in a manner that is acceptable unto the Lord. We are to give in a cheerful manner, 2 Corinthians verse 11. And we're told to pray fervently and that we are to speak the truth in love, never in hatred that would make someone turn away, but the truth in love. And that we are to sing with the spirit of understanding. All aspects of worship are to be done in a worthy manner, a reverential manner. They should be done cheerfully. They should be done fervently and they should be done lovingly with our hearts. They should be done with one spirit and with that understanding that is given to us by God's holy word. Our hearts must be involved and that is how we can improve in our singing in worship. And maybe we need to ask ourselves, have we lost that? Do we not understand the importance of the purpose in our singing to God? Have we lost our spirit? Have we lost our meaning? Have we lost our focus on the purpose of what we're doing? This is for him. It's not for us. He is the object of our worship. 
Sometimes I think we may like we 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 need to rekindle that part of worship that goes along and that goes a long way in serving the Lord and having our hearts right with God. We need to have David's attitude in regard to singing praise unto the Lord. When he said, I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. Psalm 104 and verse 33. Or over in Psalm 147 verse 1 where he said, Praise you the Lord, for it is good to sing, song, to sing praises to our God. For it is pleasant and praise is beautiful. Shouldn't we seek the things that are beautiful to God? There are many reasons why singing is important for God's people. It is an act of worship. And as an act of worship, it should be taken with the utmost seriousness and solemnity. And it is one that should, we should do with the, to the very best of our ability, to sing with all of our hearts, all of our love, all of our attention to our most holy, compassionate God. Ephesians 5.19 reads, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. That's the guide from the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. That is not just a prohibition against instrumental music in worship. We don't use it. It's not applied in God's holy word. Instrumental music and worship was introduced in the year 666 by the papacy. Didn't exist before. If it was ordered in scripture and we all had to play instruments, we'd have an orchestra right here this morning. And if we weren't all good, it would be miserable, wouldn't it? That's why we don't use instruments in worship. Because God has given us the perfect instrument. Not man-made, but God-made. Our hearts, our mouths, our minds, our spirits. It's a prohibition against heartless worship as well. So let us do the things that are necessary to make sure we are not offering defiled worship to God. And may we always strive to worship him in spirit and in truth, as we are required to do by our, by our Lord Jesus as we are instructed to do by his holy word. And especially in our singing, let us take great care to do the things that will make our worship acceptable to God and well-pleasing in his sight, to encourage one another. Over in Mark 16 and verse 16, our loving Savior said, He that believeth, and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. See, those of us who are saved according to God's word should be the happiest people in the world. Yes, we should sing songs of praise. I remember when I was baptized for the forgiveness of my sins. I was asked by the preacher if I wanted to come back the next day because he was sorry for the state of the baptismal font. It was freezing cold. The element was broken. They were all kind of creepy crawlies, a big spider walking all over the place and everything. People thought it was going to jump back out of the water and run. No, there was no time to waste. At that time, my fiancé and I were about to go out and get pictures taken. We were in Mississippi and we were having a heat wave. My poor fiancé, now my, my lovely wife Christy, 
She was eaten alive by the mosquitoes. They didn't touch me. Maybe they felt the parasite and washed off me. I don't know. Maybe I was so cold they thought it was dead. But I tell you what, when I came up out of that water, I felt so good. I felt as if the, all the guilt on my shoulders had just fallen away. It had been taken away because I believed the Lord. And oh, how I wanted to sing songs of praise to God. Praise him, praise him. All ye little children. He is God. He is God. Over in Galatians 3.27, Paul writes, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. In order to be baptized into Christ, we must be baptized according to the scriptures. In the name of our thrice holy God, of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Not into a faith community or into this club or that club, but into God. And you see, I believe that because that's what God says. And I'm going to trust God all the days of my life and sing songs of praise, songs of joy to our mighty King. And what a wonderful joy it is to sing those songs with like-minded people, with brothers and sisters in Christ, as we sing songs to our most worthy God. My friends, there is one here today who seeks to be baptized for the forgiveness of his sins. Come on forward now, my friend. We're going to get you into the kingdom of God. What a joyful day it is. So sing up this song, the song of praise to God, as we stand and sing. Brother Mike.